We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 28th day of October, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Marty Foster. Mr. Foster, how are you? I'm well. I think that's about as far as I'm going to go for tonight. Um, obviously, I've, I've been looking forward to being on all week and um, got lots to say, but it all depends on what you've got lined up, mate. We'll see how that goes. I, I'm not gonna not gonna let any surprises out just yet. Uh, Bruce, how are you today? I'm healthy and alive uh, as usual. Fantastic, glad to hear it. All right, Marty, what do you got? You got a lot well, to say, so let's uh, let's just I, take our cues from you, and we'll see where it goes. And if we can't go any further down that road, then I've got plenty of filler. This is probably a little bit UK centric, as uh, you know, we've got a transatlantic and European audience, in fact, a global audience. But, we, um, we actually have, just on that point, we actually have, of course, we have the English block locked down. I mean, we've got America, we've got Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the UK. Those are our tops. But we've got like 21 other countries that listen to us. So we actually have a larger number of non-English, non-native English speaking people that listen to us, if that makes sense. and I, It does. And, and it's most gratifying. Well, a couple of days ago, they had that long-awaited debate, um, parliamentary debate, on whether there should be um, an official inquiry into COVID vaccination injury. And, uh, of course, it was put off because of the, the death of Queen Elizabeth. Um, it then moved again because of the, the funeral, and it finally happened. And I watched it. And it's an hour, hour and a half of my life that I won't get back. What I found absolutely disgusting was the way in which the uh, the person who was against having a public inquiry, an official a public public inquiry, presented the case. There was a lot of a lot of lies. There, they were blatant lies in, in what the man was saying. But because of the politeness of politics, they weren't pointed out as lies. But the people who were for an inquiry got the chance to intercede and he had to give way and they would ask questions. And some of the stuff that was the answer to their questions, like, for example, what about all the evidence from the yellow card system and how the yellow card system is probably half of the the, the number of cases that, that should have been reported. That was just dismissed out of hand. Oh, no, no. Well, there is a, a, a recognised process to register injuries and it's the yellow card system. But even then, the numbers that they admit to were still way higher than would have stopped uh, in other types of vaccine, it would have stopped those vaccines from being used. 
So that was that was kind of brushed over. But one of the things that really annoyed me was the um, the way in which he dismissed a lot of other people's concerns, people who are sceptical. Um, he says, oh, yeah, we get loads of um, letters and emails into my office all the time, and a lot of them are talking about uh, Holocaust denial, the... Uh, the, the moon landing deniers and other wacko conspiracy theories. And haven't I said all along, I've probably done it about six times on the podcast where I've said these people who conflate these weird and wonderful conspiracy theories and get all mystical are actually harming the message you know the the um the fact that we should be more cautious the fact that we should look deeper into what they are telling us to put into our bodies and how they are and by they i mean the davos group and how they are shaping our futures um if indeed we have a future so i listened for an hour and a half to the debate some people stood up and said some some very good things and then the chairman gabbled his way through the vote, I couldn't actually hear what was said, and I still don't have a clue what way the vote went, whether it went for a public inquiry or whether there wouldn't be a public inquiry. All it really established is that they need to look closer at how the compensation is being awarded and distributed to people who have lost people due to vaccine injury or been permanently disabled by vaccine injury and that's £120,000 per person. So if they're ready to pay out £120,000 per person, that to me says yes something is going on, yes there have been genuine vaccine injuries and those numbers of vaccine injuries are significantly high enough that these mRNA gene therapies should not be used. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to the debate. The debate was rubbish, and I still don't know what the outcome was. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite miffed about the whole the whole thing. I was curious as to whether or not they were actually going to have that, and they did. And not much attention was paid to it, quite frankly, at least. It didn't get the screen time that it deserved. And as you said, it ended up being just a boring joke anyway. They pushed it so it couldn't be mainstream. It couldn't be a topic. It couldn't be a focal point. And then when they did finally present it, it was presented by someone who didn't want any public debate about it anyway. So it ended up being just a, a, a farce. You might as well have had Fauci up there talking about how great everything was. They didn't mention anything as far as like even their own data. And when I say their oh, own yeah. data, I'm talking about like the, the numbers that are coming out of the Office of National Statistics. They didn't even mention any of it that. Was, it was mentioned, but it was glossed over. How do you gloss uh, over uh, that? Like those, those well, are horrendous essentially, numbers. Essentially, I'm not exactly sure of the numbers... For instance, uh, during the swine flu vaccinations, in which I think about 56 people died after having the vaccine, but and that was enough it. to, and they pulled it. Yeah. Um, whereas I've got, I've got a report here. I'm sorry to interject, but I've got, and I, I hate, I hate the fact that even, and we're even guilty of glossing over things because there's so many reports like this now that it's just commonplace. 63,000. Okay, this is according to the national, the Office of National Statistics out of the UK government. Sixty-three thousand people died within seven weeks of receiving a booster vaccine in England between January and March of this year. Sixty-three. It's, it's, 
Like that's huge. that's that, like that's, is that, I, that is that the global number or the UK? No, number? that's just England. That's not even the the whole of the United Kingdom. That's just England. Again, it's a it's a shocking figure, but it, it was glossed over. You know, questions were asked about the excess deaths and looking at um, different places uh, around the world and how the number of vaccine doses directly correlates to an increased number of excess deaths. And by excess deaths, what we mean is unexpected numbers. You expect X amount of people to die every year, but these numbers are significantly higher since the vaccine rollout. And and they are this age bracket of 19 to 35 is where the highest numbers are. And th- this Tory idiot finished off his speech, he rounded up talking about a place like Burundi, where they've got about a 4% take up of the vaccine. And, and he said, we've got to help and encourage the um, developing countries of the world to have the vaccine, to, to take more of the vaccine, to do this, to do that. And it it just disgusted me that he knows, he, he was only a young chap, and I can't remember uh, his name, or even his constituency, because this this wasn't held in the Houses of Parliament. It was one of the, in one of the side chambers, one of the debating rooms. And you know what the hell has Burundi got to do with the question of whether the U, the UK should investigate further into whether the the vaccine is safe? It was even mentioned that the vaccine wasn't ever tested, or the vaccines were never tested to see if they stopped transmission. And yet they made the claim that, oh, we're, we, we were able to open up and get business back going and schools back with children in because of the vaccine. Well, no, you didn't. You could have just done it anyway, because evidence of my own experience, you catch that, that virus. It gives you a tickly throat. If you haven't got anything seriously underlying that's going to cause you to die, you'll get through it. And it it's those underlying causes that saw our figures are normally for flu there's something like 120,000 people a year die from flu in the UK that's that's actually that's about a pretty pretty standard average across western countries in general Uh, yeah the uh, the French the Germans the Italians the English the Americans the Canadians the the Aussies we all lose about the same amount to the flu every year Uh, and and what the um the figures which they're using to say more people died because of COVID were people who died within something like a 48-hour period uh, of a positive test. So we were going to lose those people, unfortunately, due to flu anyway. That seemed to have been increased because an awful lot of people who might have survived the flu had their their illness exacerbated by this deliberately manufactured, genetically engineered virus that was released from Wuhan. Followed by improper treatments. Um, This was kind of universal in the Western world. Uh, They were barring things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and so on. There's been others that I cannot pronounce that uh, were found to work as well against it. None of them used it. The The standard regiment was if you required hospitalization, you go straight to a ventilator. And that was standard. And of those that were sent to a ventilator, I, I think 80% of them died on the ventilator. 
yeah, this was, oh God, it, 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 this was pretty atrocious. I'm, and I, I, I was struggling to find the, uh, the, just out of curiosity to, to see the swine flu, the actual numbers and everything uh, for the vaccine deaths. Uh, it, I can't find that anywhere. But you're correct. They did not test for efficacy uh, or in stopping the um, COVID-19, even though they were touting it everywhere on mainstream media, um, on uh, social media, everywhere. Uh, they were saying it would it would stop. Even the president of the United States said, "You get vaccinated, you will not catch COVID." Um, yeah. So no, and, this is this is all a lie. And, and the Boris disgusting saying the same thing, thing is that guy was stood there spouting off ONS figures, but still saying that it's safe and efficient, and this is not what it is. The crux of his argument was to dismiss people's reluctance and what's the word i'm looking for i said it earlier on suspicion that's not the word but it'll do of the gene therapies and he was able to dismiss it because it was linked to letters that have come into his office which are talking about weird and wonderful stuff about you know there being a sasquatch on the moon and the the lunar landings never happened and um i don't know that's what we've got to stop yeah that's calm that that lot down yeah that kind of nonsense has got to stop um this was a report out of uh die Welt in germany today which is a very well-known very well-respected newspaper uh the mortality rate in germany in the calendar week of 41 this year as compared to 2018 through 2021 is 20 percent higher it's 20 percent higher since the vaccine correct i hate using the word vaccine as i've said before there's um, a direct correlation thing- as you said this is what the uh, the MEPs like uh, Teres from Romania were raising in his press conference. He said the excess mortality rates in these countries are also the same countries that have the highest vaccination rates. Why aren't we looking into this? He said this publicly and he's showing mm-hmm. the graphs in their own data. Yeah. And the, the other thing is when you look during the, uh, the pandemic, during that time before we had the vaccine, there was not excess deaths. There wasn't oh. excess deaths. It was within the, the the margin of increase every year that we've seen. It it I, I think it's like a roughly like a two to eight percent increase somewhere in that vicinity uh, each year uh, here in the United States, and it met the same margin. Uh, and that trend has been going for the last like decade or or more. It was the same thing. And then when the vaccines hit, that's when we started seeing excess deaths. So I'm I'm disappointed that. Facts weren't brought out in this, and they really went at it. But it's no surprise. It's no surprise. No, it's it's very disappointing for me. But then again, I said uh, last time I was on, I believe that political discussion is an absolute waste of breath at the moment. Because look who our new prime minister is: poster boy for the WEF, yeah, yeah. richer than Crassus. And it's by just, the way. Do you know you how know, he got his? Do you know his family puppet. got their fortune? Yeah. Do you know how? Do you know his family got their fortune? Well, his mother and father were both doctors. Uh huh. So I don't know. I mean, doctors earn enough in in this country anyway. Yeah. They have a heavy, heavy investment in a company called Infosys. Infosys just so happens to be the company that built the architecture for the Chinese financial system and the Chinese social credit system. Is that on his wife's? side or on his uh, she's side. she's tied into that as well well she doesn't she run one of their media companies yes and she's CPP? also got yes and she's also got ties to russian investments as well yeah for running their their uh, media stuff you know we, we've definitely 
invited the vampire in this time via the 1922 committee. This is yet another unelected prime minister. I mean, at least Johnson, who served his purpose and and as he he put his hat in the ring again, only to see what the um the response would be. And and as I said the last time I was on, an awful lot of people will vote for Johnson anyway because they think he's he's just charming. You know, he's a liar. He's uh, a womanizer. He's all those things that the opposition have have always said about him. But he's got such a lovely shock of blonde hair, and he's just like a naughty schoolboy. Yeah, right. So you'll still get these I'd, morons that will uh, um, vote for someone like Johnson. I'd rather have Boris Johnson than Sunak, to be fair. Yeah, be, because, again, it's it's the loops of the uh, boa constrictor being wrapped around us. This is the Sunak loop. We breathed out as Johnson went, and we've been tightened down on a bit further. We're a bit closer to um direct rule from davos yeah i uh i wanted to show you this video this is uh this is a singer i don't i, I know the name but I, again if she if i didn't have a, a face to put with it then she could literally pass me on the street and i would have no idea who it is uh this is katie uh katie perry and she's on stage yeah, at okay. a performance yeah. i don't know if you've seen this but uh she's on stage at a performance of of whatever one of her concerts or something like that uh, and as you can see, she's um, she's, she's having a little trouble there from from what her, we used to call right Bell's palsy. Yeah, yeah, something something's going on there. Yeah, it could be the sheer amount of makeup she's got on, but it does look like she's got nerve damage on that side of the face. Yeah, uh, with the, with the eyes shutting like that. Uh, I have seen the I had seen the video before, but people are suffering. I mean, that's a very minor. If it is anything to do with the uh, the gene therapy um, is a very minor condition that will probably go away, but people are getting these these clots and these um, these restrictions on nerves, and you're getting these kind of stroke uh, symptoms, and and that's what it looks like to me. Did you hear about the uh, the uh, newscaster, the uh, radio presenter in? Excuse me, Ned's going to smack me if I don't get this right. Uh, and I know he's just sitting there next to you. The radio presenter in Suffolk. Yeah. You heard about him? No. You didn't no, hear no, about please. him? please. Okay, this is his, uh, I, I've got his tweet right here. Uh, almost a year ago to the date, almost. This is October 19th, 2021. I'm quoting the tweet. What the hell is going on here? 1.5 million people who willingly received both initial COVID vaccines can't be asked to go and get their booster jab? No surprise that a government who's been trying to pretend the pandemic's over are now blaming us again for a surge in pandemic numbers. Fast forward to three days ago. Local radio DJ Tim Go dies while presenting the morning show. Yeah, that's that's pronounced Goff, but um, is it is it Goff? Oh, excuse yeah, me, it's English. Oh, that's a terrible language, isn't it? I'm thinking Vincent um, Van Gogh. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is going to happen more and more. More of the people who have been spouting the narrative, particularly comedians. You know, comedy has gone woke, and you have to be on board with the whole narrative to risk not or to not risk being cancelled and there's going to be more and more of this happening where people have been vociferous about getting a jab and uh, and and towing the party line and doing what you're told and you know you you anti-vaxxers are, are the worst kind of people 
and there's going to be more and more of them who are unfortunately that's going to be part of their obituary and it's sad because you know we i love comedy i i most of the time, to, I'm, I'm a bit lackluster this evening, but I like to make people laugh whenever possible, um, even if it's just at me rather than with me. But these these comedians are, have really let us down. Uh, I believe you and Ned had a chat about the um, the Friday Night Live. Oh episode. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your take on that? I've not seen it yet. I'm going to watch it. I should have watched it. I by have. Now, I've not I seen have it. the clip. I have the clip that I will play silently in the background behind me. This is the video from again. This was live television. Okay, live television on Channel Four Prime Time Friday Night Live, and it was being emceed by uh, I can't think of the guy's ben name. Elton. Ben Elton. That was Ben it. Elton. Yeah, yeah, Ben Elton. Got it. Uh, there's one more thing you need to put in here. No censors. Yes, there were no censors. Uh, this is this is un, this is an uncensored video. Okay, this is what went yeah. out on live TV. Uh, I'm just gonna let it kind of speak for itself. You don't need to hear any audio. It doesn't really matter. Okay. And thundering applause rained out across the uh, across the audience there. Um. Yeah. That's that's uh, outstanding, marvelous piece of entertainment. I do not want to see a half operated on transsexual naked um performing any kind of music thanks very much um that was that was shouldn't happen <laughs> should not happen i like a lack of censorship but there's some things where the producers should censor themselves and the directors and the people the, the entertainers should censor themselves and say no this is too much if the whole concept of um, of being trans is to identify as the opposite gender, then why halfway through your musical piece would you stand up, whip out your fake tits and flaccid penis for people to see? It's just total crap, crass, and and just shock. It's gonzo entertainment, isn't it? It's It's just bad. Well, it's the, as the prudish American that I am, I would say that during primetime television on a, uh, you know, national television channel, you should not have um, that kind of entertainment available. In any form. Um, no, but not deliberately. It, yeah. it's, it's, again, pushing those boundaries that um, to seeing how far and depraved we've become. And, and by judging how depraved we've become they can better assess what control measures they will get be able to get away with uh, yeah. and and so if if that doesn't make people change the channel and people carried on watching it then it tells them an awful lot about society yeah unfortunately and i i, I hope a lot of people did change the channel because i Personally, uh, well, I don't watch television anymore, so I don't really care, but I would rather this not happen because the, the, the issue that I have with it is not the fact that it was on live television and we have regulations against that. I, 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 as I've said, I'm against um, uh, big government stuff. I, I'm a limited government, so I'm not for the regulations and, and censoring. However, this is at the time, this is prime time. This is when a kids could have been flipping through the channels and came across this. Um, well, it, 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 you know. to, be, to be fair, and we must always be fair, it was on a program called Friday Night Live. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the time at which it was aired live was post-Watershed. 
So after nine o'clock in the evening. So after nine o'clock in the evening, it's supposed to be an adult audience, not children. But as Ned said to me today, not to me to you, because that's the Chuckle Brothers. He said today, sorry, only the Brits will get that. What did he bloody say? Oh, you're going to have to edit this bit. Well, he's sitting right next to you. Why don't you just ask him? No, he's gone. I'm afraid oh, he's, gone. he's left. Yeah, that was it. He, he said today that because Ben Elton, who was a comic genius in the 80s, his stand-up was hilarious. He's always been left-wing, but he's a champagne socialist. He's not a real socialist. Because it was Ben Elton who wrote The Young Ones... Uh, and that series, it was funny. It, it, it was of its time and people were, you know, couldn't wait for the next episode to be out. And it, it was funny because it was parodying the the right on woke student type that, that we were still having to put up with even back then. They've got much worse now, but we had them back in the 80s and that's what he was making fun of. Um, so Ben Elton, who's also written some really good books and was involved in Black Adder as well, which was a fantastic series. You'll have fathers going, oh, Ben Elton is uh, hosting this. This should be good. Why don't we sit down and watch it? Or mothers saying, yeah, Ben Elton's done this. So you could well have had children in that TV audience at that time. And for that, it's, it's just like, no, this isn't okay. It's okay for you if you want to, if you've decided, if your your body chemicals or brain chemicals have told you that you're female, even though you're born male, then I feel really sorry for you. Um, and I don't judge you. And I hope you get whatever help you can. But that kind of thing should not be publicized in in that way it certainly shouldn't be being promoted inside schools and it's not normal i'm sorry it is not a normal thing something is happening uh, amongst all of us that is making this more and more prevalent it's either the way it's being publicized or the bastards are putting something in the water that's making more people experience this this gender dysmorphia i think it's just the uh it's it's the taboo nature of it all you know it's like this this idea uh is what resonates with people is something that is not of the cultural norms right so I think that's what's very seductive about it to people. But it's got this this veil to it, if you will. If you look at the way that, that they're taking it, I'm kind of piggybacking on onto what you said. It doesn't belong in schools. It doesn't belong in public libraries. It doesn't belong in any of that stuff. But that's where it's being taken to is, is that. And if you look at these all ages uh, shows in the U.S. specifically, if you look at those, uh, there was one that Bruce and I saw, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, where a three-year-old is being offered a shot by the dancer. And then, of course, they're dangling money. The, th the three-year-old is dangling money in front of the dancer who's shaking their appendages uh, in front of the three-year-old. And the women are cheering. And at the end of the video was something that angered me even more. And that was a table. And I'm not talking about a table with like three or four seats in it. I'm talking about a table of a dozen or more seats in it of men that are sitting there. And these are not, how do I put it? These are these are your typical roughneck looking kind of guys. Flannel, big long beards, uh, camouflage hats with the lucky brass hook on them, that type. And they're sitting there doing nothing, allowing this to go on in front of children. And you you I, see where I, they're, they're taking it. They're trying to normalize it and bring it out in front of everybody. And they're it, giving it the, the cloak. They're, they're, they're hiding behind 
the agenda. Think of it like this, the power structure, the, the politics of it all, right? Because we know that the, this is used as a political tool, right? This is a politically controlled uh, agenda. What happens when you have a, a person of color in the United States come out as a conservative in the mainstream? Take Herschel Walker, for example, running for governor of the state of Georgia. What happens? The Democrats get as far away from him as possible. They call him outdated, yeah. old-fashioned, uh, a black face of white supremacy. That's what they say. They did the same thing to Larry Elder out in California. It's insane. This is the same thing. They don't care about the underlying group so long as you're with the agenda. They don't care. Once you are not part of that agenda, they will throw you away like everyone else. And, and we've seen that in the in the UK with um, recent campaigns because a lot of minorities, when added together, makes a sizable majority. And and that's why political parties are pandering to every minority they can. It doesn't mean that they love you. It doesn't mean that they're going to do anything for you in your minority. All it means is they want your vote. But yeah, this normalization of things is is it's it's just going too far. You've got now the term map, which I'm sure you've mentioned before. Yes. Um, not while I've been on, but minor attracted person. We um, call that a pedophile, my friend. Yeah, we call it a pedophile, but you say either, I say either. But we've got other words. Pedophile is the polite scientific word that we use for someone like that. In prison parlance, they're known as a nonce. And uh, my understanding of the word nonce is uh, it's a, an, an acronym for not on normal courtyard exercise. Uh, and to call someone a nonce means that they're, they're a wrong and they're bad. They're, they're, not, they're not right. And these people are not right, but they are somehow slowly but surely uh, allowing or not allowing, but having their wrongness normalized and like i say if you're one of those people who are gender dysmorphic and you need that that treatment you need that help it's a decision to be made as an adult not as an adolescent but i wish you all the success in the world and you have my sympathy because no one in their right mind would want to choose that path because it's a very hard path you know with a lot of pain involved in it so you know, I sympathize for those few that are genuinely gender dysmorphic. But why is it becoming so prevalent? Why are there so many people? And I think it's because they just want to be felt. They just want to feel different. They Because they think if I'm different, I'm going to get more attention, particularly kids. And, and that's what is is happening that they're, they're, they're getting the attention you know they're suddenly surrounded by psychologists and analysts and all kinds of uh of um carers and and therapists and they just feel special even if they actually change their mind a little while later for these ones that have had puberty blockers and surgery it's all too late so it's a decision to be made as an adult it's got no, it's no one else's business be between you and your doctor. And I don't want to see it on television. Thanks very much. But talking of television, and I don't know how, how you'd feel about this. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do the whole program justice. No, I'm not going on television. No. Well, you, you've got the perfect, you actually, you've got the voice for, for radio and the face for television. I'm sure you'd be a, a very popular presenter. I don't um, think so. 
Not in today's politically charged climate, I don't think so. Give it a few months. I'd be cancelled um, before I'd get started, my friend. Yeah, but there was a program that I, I wound up accidentally watching last night. It's got a, a guy called Jimmy Carr, who is I know Jimmy uh, Carr. a very fourth... A comedian, a very yeah. Fourth, yeah, yeah. Very forthright, very graphic. You know, his, his material can be offensive, but he's offensive to everybody in equal measure. But last night he he was hosting a program about art, and uh, the idea was should certain pieces of art exist, especially when you consider who created that art. Now there was a set of photographs taken by a working mother in the eighties and nineties of her children, uh, which were just kids at play. Some of them were naked, and she sold this set of photographs, became quite famous. And the artwork that it was set up against for the audience to decide which one gets to remain was a painting by Rolf Harris, who is a convicted sex offender who's currently serving a jail term. And he used to do art all the time on his shows on the BBC. And he'd paint stuff and go, can you see what it is yet? Within a few brushstrokes, he'd created quite a, a, a dramatic piece of art. So the audience got to vote on which one should be allowed to continue to exist. And they had an advocate from, you know, the entertainment industry or the art industry speaking for each. In the end, they decided to um, destroy, I think it was the the Rolf Harris painting, and they did it with a flamethrower live on TV. The next thing that was on was a painting supposedly by Adolf Hitler which stood alone and had sold for something like $11,000 it was bought for. And they voted whether they should destroy it or not. And they voted to destroy it, even though there were people speaking from the Jewish faith as well, saying Auschwitz is still there. We we keep it there. So we remember not to let us go that way again. But the audience voted using paintballs to destroy it. So it was then shot at with thousands of paintballs and completely destroyed. I'm in two minds about the programme itself because it's raising lots of questions, but should art only exist without question? You know, some art, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but because of who created it, should it be destroyed? I don't think so. I don't think it should be destroyed. As a person who respects history, good or, or bad, it's history. And we have to keep it, whether or not we agree with it or not, because it's it's part of who we are now. So I would say, in my humble opinion, I would say keep it, because if we do something like that, and I know it's just, it, it's something as, as menial as just like, say, a painting or something. But if it's something like that, what's to stop, say, getting rid of uh, a painting by Vincent van Gogh or something of that nature. You know, I'm just, as an example, where do you draw the line, is my point. Do we get rid of every single Volkswagen Beetle that has ever existed now? Do we go to that extreme? Because we're in the realm of political extremes now. So do well, we go to that extreme with the, it? Because he, he created the, that. I mean, that's uh, he, he created yeah. that. So do we destroy all the, the Volkswagen Beetles now? You see my well, point. That's, that's kind of what they're after, isn't it, ultimately? They're, yeah. they, they, they do want all automobiles petrol driven diesel well driven. yeah but <laughs> I'm, got, I'm talking on political lines <laughs> but if we look at that we if we look at what happened during the black lives matter 
uprising over George Floyd and everything that was happening throughout Europe. Statues were torn down or defaced. Churchill, uh, the statue of Churchill in London was vandalized. We had the... Yeah, that's the, that's the statue. cultural Marxism. That's cultural Marxism yeah. is what that is. Uh, and we had statues being torn down by mobs and the police doing nothing about it. Now, if it turns out that a particular benefactor to the Bristol way of life made their money through the the slave triangle, but also gave lots of that money away to the poor of Bristol, then sure, maybe there shouldn't be a statue to him because perhaps the way in which he got his money outweighs whatever he did with it. But it's part of history. It's part of the city's history. But it was just torn down at the behest of a of an angry mob. Um, and then it was thrown into the river. Remove it. Put it in a museum. Put something else in its place, which, they, of course, they have now done. But it, it's mob rule. And, and that's why I'm in two minds about this whole program, where the, the mob decides which piece of art has got validity or should remain when put against another piece of art. And... Both artworks had, you know, reason, or sorry, the, the the audience would have had reason to be against both artworks because one's a convicted sex offender, the other one is a mass murdering psycho. You know, it's but it's art at the end of the day, and it's history. And the people who try to rewrite history and hide history are the enemies of of the truth. And truth is all any of us can can really hope for. That's um, uh, what what Johnny, what you said there. Where does it stop? What where where do you draw the line? Uh, that's kind of my perspective because if you if you expand it out and use the same line of thinking but use it in other areas, you know, the medical world as an example. There's a lot of things, uh, medical treatments and whatnot that happened over the years that we've advanced from wouldn't exist anymore because um, you you would have to go back on it because it came from Nazi Germany. Uh, some of the th the experiments they did on the Jews, we learned from. Uh, I mean, we we took some of their research. Uh, space travel that that was started by the, uh, the 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 rocket program that the Nazis were using. Uh, many of the scientists for uh, the 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 missions uh, were Nazi or, or you highway know, infrastructure. Previously, system. where do you think our we got highway the infrastructure? Idea? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another example is um, you, you use the same argument. The left does this all the time here in the United States. Well, guns are only meant to kill people. So by that same logic uh, of, well, this this painting was done by a mass murderer and should no longer exist. Well, then uh, by the same logic, you shouldn't have any firearms either, because the only intention of those is to kill. Uh, so it. I, I think it's a very it's a very dangerous line of thinking. Um, it, it, what what we should go off of is the merit of the art itself. Is the art itself worth keeping around? Like, is it is it um, you know as the example personally because of the times we're in, I would have voted for the one with the kids uh, being naked because you have more nowadays. You have more people. You have more maps or pedos that get off to that kind of stuff. That it would just be more of a something for them. So I would have, I would have been more inclined for that. Uh, and that's the, the from argument from you know eighties kids. The argument that the uh, advocate for the set of photographs put forward, uh, sorry, against the photographs was that those children hadn't given their consent. All they're doing is looking, looking at their mother who's taken a photograph. 
they're now adults. Their images are in galleries because they're, they're prints, they're, they're photographs, so easily reproduced. And they're, they're bound to be on the internet as well. So people are looking at them when they were naked, when they were kids. Now, those photographs were perfectly innocent. They, they weren't, the kids were not sexualized, but they were naked. But all you got to do is look at National Geographic magazine and look at the pictures you can find in, in there of villages in Africa where people don't wear clothes because half the time they haven't got that many clothes. It's too hot and they've grown up in, in that kind of culture and in that kind of environment. So are those photographs, you know, to, to be destroyed? But with Hitler's painting, if indeed it was a genuine Hitler, you can see just how bad and childish the composition was. And it helps you start to understand the man himself. When you look at his paintings, they really weren't that good. And I think he tried maybe three times to get into the, the academy in Vienna and failed. Yes, the art school. Yeah, he didn't make it. Because he wanted to be a professional painter. So you can tell a lot about someone by their successes, but you can tell an awful lot more about their drives from their failures uh, and, and how that failure propelled him down the path that he took. That was his big desire. Oh, I've been rejected by the establishment. Right, I need to do something that helps me pull the establishment down. And that's exactly what he did. He, he started a political party being pushed and goaded by others. And I'm not sympathising with, with what he did, but I'm saying his art helps you understand perhaps why that kind of thing can happen. And people's failures do tell you more about them than their successes do. This is true. And I, I wanted to ask you, Marty, we got Halloween coming up. Uh, have you decided what you're going to go as this year? Yes, I'm going to go as a grumpy old bastard. Okay. Well, if if that doesn't work out for you, we have some other options here. We've got the woodshop teacher. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've got the woodshop teacher, uh, which comes with a, a prosthetic bosom, uh, yoga pants, glasses, sneakers, and a face diaper. Uh, we've got the psychopathic killer, if you recognize the individual on, on that I do recognize there. the individual, and, and indeed I do have a black pair of trousers, a white shirt, glasses, and gray hair. So I could be the Bill Gates psychopathic killer. Yes, yes, I could do yes. that. We also have a, uh, <laughs> I can't repeat this. Uh, but I can, we have this f***ing retard. <laughs> um, sorry, but yeah, it's someone wearing a cape. And an N95. Uh, it also comes with uh, three booster jabs and a sense of superiority, if you're wondering. And we also have a bitchy TV host, which is uh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> it comes with a uh, with a bad attitude, a race car, a marshmallow suit, and a few extra tons. So if you're in doubt as to what you were going to go as for Halloween this year, uh, we have some suggestions here. Uh, just a few. I'm sorted, thanks. You're going as a werewolf. Okay, all right. I've got I, the I got werewolf it. mask right here. I've, I've sorted out my niece today with... Um, uh, basically period dresses uh, from sort of the mid-1800s so she can go as the vampire she wants to go as. But I won't be going anywhere for Halloween because I'm British. It's 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 your holiday. It's an no, American it's holiday. No, it's not. Yeah, no. no it's the honestly, Irish. you can keep it. Is no, it it's the, the Irish? Irish. It's the Irish. That's where we go. It's the Irish. Okay. Well, just about everybody on the East Coast is Irish, as far as I'm aware. Pretty and much. Quite yeah. a few on the West Coast. Yeah, and in Chicago all those as in well. the middle. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. So, um, so no, I ha- mean, Halloween, Halloween. Great. Yeah, Halloween. The reason I, I bring that up is because of all of the absolute freaks that you have to deal with every other day of the year are on Twitter. And as you know, Twitter has recently been bought out by a, uh, a certain billionaire by the name of Elon Musk. This is him walking into Twitter headquarters yesterday carrying a kitchen sink. Boy. <laughs> well, I would assume that uh, it's got something to, Bruce is probably going to chime in here. So I'm assuming it's got something to do with a meme because he's going to throw everything out in the kitchen sink. I'm assuming well, yeah. you've got for you've got snow, Yeah, you've got a snowflake a employees. Sink. Well, yeah, I understand. But it's a sink. Right? It's just <laughs> it's the idea of it. I don't think he could carry a full kitchen sink in there. Those things are heavy. But uh, what what are your thoughts on him taking over Twitter? He's he's not going to make it a safe space anymore. And I know that you're on uh, you're on Twitter quite a bit. I tried to deactivate my account, but couldn't remember the password. So I'm bollocks. I've, I've got to keep it for a while until I can remember what the password is. But I had posted a couple of couple of things and I noticed because I hadn't looked at it and I noticed I had about 13, 14 notifications and it was someone liking just about everything I'd posted and, and replied. Uh, and I read one of them before I realized it, it was actually in support of what I was saying. And I got triggered straight away and tweeted back a, a pithy repost that I had to apologize. But it was all good. It was all good. I haven't had a single warning, a single warning from Twitter about anything I've ever said on there, probably because you've only got the 150 characters or 120 characters, however many it is. And uh, if I'm really going to lay into someone, I I like to do it at length. So I, I, I keep it short and sweet. You cut out all the expletives when you're, you're just trying to get straight to the point. But the other day on Fastbook, I was bored. I flicked through a few of the video feeds that it sends me. And there were these, because I'm into martial arts, it sends me a lot of, of fighting videos. And uh, there were these two guys making an absolute prat of it of themselves. They were both incredibly overweight. They really shouldn't have been in any kind of boxing ring at that stage. And it's it's just it's just like the old gladiators in 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 the roman amphitheaters um it was just two two poor saps fighting each other for other people's entertainment you know i said something along the lines of two overweight guys embarrassing themselves is what i typed uh when i posted it i got an immediate warning saying this sounds similar to other posts that have been taken down are you sure you want to post it so i posted it and then a little while later I got another warning saying your post has been removed for, uh, as it's oh, offensive. For God's sake. Facebook's so, in a little bit of trouble. For the last two days now, they have lost a quite a significant percentage of their stock value. But here's the thing. They haven't been reporting that until after the closing bell. Why would that be? Facebook lost almost 10% after the closing bell 48 hours ago. Yesterday, they reported that Facebook had lost an additional 10% or Meta, the parent company, whatever. They had lost an additional 10%, but they didn't announce that until after the closing bell. Well, it was a little bit more serious than that. Uh, Bruce, as we were looking at the 10% that they announced, come to find out, as of yesterday... In after hours trading at 6 p.m., excuse me, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, they had lost 23% of their value. So in the last, is, uh, are these accumulative or, or is that 10% plus 20%? This is 10 well, plus 20, 20 plus, yeah. 
So we're looking um, at about nearly 50%, 43% in, in, of, in of their total hours. value. Of, in 72 lost. hours. As of 1024, okay, so uh, the 24th of this month, their stock at close was $137 per. Currently, it is $97.81 a share. Okay. Well, is Zuckerberg going to need to go to is is Zuckerberg going to need to go to a food bank? He's to, to, he's to... lost a uh, hundred billion dollars. I couldn't care less. I I could care less. Well, Marty, how is the actual not, phrase? How could you not care less? I was reading today out of Breitbart. They did a piece on it. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's private jet belches out seventeen times more carbon than the average American. But before we uh, talk about that, go ahead. Yeah, quick correction. Um, his wealth was wiped out to 100 billion. He lost 11 billion. Sorry, that that the way they worded no, he's that. He's still got 100 billion. So he still so he has 100 the, billion. But so yeah. he can't take the private jet anymore or? Uh, well, yeah. uh, he was at 142 billion last uh, last year, actually, a year ago. The, so. the thing is, you, you can't turn the clock back, unfortunately. These wasters that have become ultra-rich through things like Twitter, Facebook, and the other social media crap that many of us are engaging in, it's never going to end. There will always be something there because you, you're not going to get people. You can't wean people off it. They won't go cold turkey from it. What's getting worse is that it's the space of the short attention span of of kids and young adults and even old kids like me. Um, like TikTok. TikTok is just, that's awful. That is, that is terrible. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's designed to make us waste time. And that's exactly what it does. It's it's a waste of people's lives. So they they've got this dream. Oh, I'm going to be a, a TikTok influencer, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be you know uh, get famous on Facebook for for putting up crap videos. Uh, and somehow they are getting monetized. They are making money. Some are, but not many. But everyone thinks it's it's possible. I'd rather people wanted to be footballers or cricket players or boxers than this kind of vacuous attempts at, at, at getting wealthy through, air quotes, entertaining people online. It's just ridiculous. But we do need a reset. I've decided I've, I've, I've changed horses mid-race. We do, yeah. We do. We do need a reset, but we need a reset from the top down, starting with the billionaires. And but the, the only way banks. that's going to happen, central banks and politicians we need a reset of of all that they could just leave us carrying on as we are and we'll slowly but surely replace each and every one of them with someone who really produces something someone whose output is actually useful rather than just another method of gathering data and seeing what populations will put up with well, there is some uh, good news on the horizon. You've got the Dutch that have officially pulled out of the European Union Green Energy Initiative. That's not really talked about, but that has happened. The Swedes, uh, Sweden, they have pulled out of the European Union Green Energy Initiative. And you've got the Alberta premier in Canada that has said that we don't want any part of whatever the World Economic Forum is doing. So they can continue on with their meetings or whatever, but we're not going to be any part of that. So it's 
it's starting. You're, you're starting to see that. I mean, of course, the, the the protest movements and things that's gaining momentum, but uh, it's time to start. It's time to start seeing high level defections within the establishment itself. We need some high level players to come onto the winning side here. That's what needs to happen. These yahoos like Sunak and uh, and Biden and uh, Macron and uh, and and what's his name uh, Trudeau and and Freeland and all all these yahoos. These people don't matter. They can do whatever it is they're going to do, but they don't matter. And I would argue, quite frankly, that most of them are probably not even supposed to be there. It's going to be a, a future that we decide, not them. I'm not one to have this uh, this fatalistic mindset. I mean, you guys you guys know me. I, I'm I'm not that type, and and I don't like to be around people that are. And that's what Klaus Schwab and these people are, in my opinion. They're fatalists. They believe that that's how this is going to be, and you're not going to have a choice, and and this is what you're going to take. Well, I say no. I say absolutely not. And we're not alone in that. I don't care how much you lock down society and you monopolize people's perception. You can do that for only so long until you see an absolute backlash from that type of behavior that's coming from these established orders. And it's time for them to fall. Yes. Yes, it is time for them to fall. But what's going to be the nudge that makes them fall? It can only come from grassroots level, from us, from from normal, everyday people. We've got to finally say enough is enough. And um, all we can keep doing is, uh, you know, spouting off with our dissident voice and hopefully enough people will will get on board. I'm just at the point now where um, Ned's sign-off from yesterday is the way I feel about most of it. I was going to sign off in the same manner tonight just to, to give you more use of the... Um, of the bleep button but yeah there's that cat stevens song isn't it it's it's time to make a change oh no it's not time to make a change just sit back and take it easy well i'm afraid if you do sit back and take it easy they're gonna get away with it and that's what we cannot allow to happen so don't sit back and take it easy get annoyed and see what little bits you can change yourself use cash don't put up with any more lockdowns don't put up with any more ridiculous COVID restrictions, those kind of things. Just resistance is, is the only way. Resistance against their control measures. I've run out of stuff to say because um, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had any final words, but uh, you uh, you put it pretty well. So we're going to have to leave it there. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce and Marty, it's a pleasure. As always, thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Adios. Adios.